Hello, welcome to the Design-Based Learning Podcast. I'm Mike, by myself today. I'm missing all my partners for unexplained reasons. But anyway, we'll try to get through this and give you some tips on some design-based learning um, projects. Well, one question we've been asked is group work. Okay, so what's the ideal size for group work? Before I can answer that ideal size for group work, um, more importantly is to understand what are you designing? So what is the important design task project outcome that you're coming with? And what, what are the learning goals? What are the learning outcomes? Have to be very clear. And, and the reason you're using group work is because you're, you're, you're trying to uh, make the students work together on certain points. And, 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 and in design thinking, one of the most important things is really synergy, generating ideas generating as many different ideas as possible so that you can uh, narrow down and come up with um, a final uh, possible project solution, okay? So, uh, the very important design base to, to, to have as many ideas as possible before you go back and then the synergy. Therefore, uh, another important point to think about in terms of synergy and responsive is uh, responsibility and accountability among the students. The students need to be accountable to each other. They need to be able to learn responsibility so that they hold up the, the end of their end of the team. Uh, group work also helps them to meet others and to generate synergy. So different ideas coming up. Okay, so that, I mean, that is in a nutshell why we do group work. Okay, again, outcome most important. Learning goals most important. Don't do group work if it's not necessary. Uh, second, how do we do groups? Well, we can do it three ways. It's either student choice, students choose their groups, we randomize the groups, or we have teacher-led groups or teacher-chosen groups. Student choice groups work really well. What are the advantages? First, they're usually going to be friends. It's going to be very comfortable. They're going to like working with each other. You'll get a lot of positive energy, positive synergy going because they all like each other. Um, and motivation, they'll be very motivated to do this because they've chosen the group and they'll probably hold each other accountable. Uh, disadvantages, might not be able to get as many ideas. Um, you might get inside the box thinking because the group is, are all friends and they don't know how to challenge each other or they don't want to step uh, on each other's toes or don't want to push a barrier or the envelope and they'll be com com the, a bit of comfort seeking there. Also, could be a lack of accountability, right? Uh, hey, we're buddies, come on. I, you know, give, me some, give me a break once in a while if I don't hold up my, my end of the bargain. Yeah, uh, that could be good, but uh, it's not going to help sometimes. So that student choice. You, you'll get positives, which the synergy, especially in the motivation, and then negatives. How about random groups? Random groups also works really well, especially when you make the process of choosing the group fun. Like a lucky draw, you use dice, you use cards, or you figure out a different game in order to create uh, a lot of um, uh, fun in making the group, right? Uh, and then also you get a bit of motivation, you'll get different ideas again, since you get different people together. And you'll also have a lot of um, what could be positive uh, vibes because they're meeting different people and you're getting this challenging uh, ideas going. It's also fair. In other words, the students see it's trans you're transparent. They can see the process of how you've come up with a random group. Uh, 
possible problems or disadvantages, group dynamics. You might not get uh, group dynamics and the group doesn't work very well. They might not, you might not get that synergy, that motivation, that energy, that engagement, because they're all new. Uh, this is where we have to be as teachers on top of the situation and try to, before you get into the group, to generate um, positive energy, to, to teach students how to respect each other no matter how different they are and how to, to respect different ideas. So, I mean, but random works, and, it's, it, and the fun of starting a random group, especially when it's a transparent so selection, may help in carrying or pushing through to the end of the project. How about teacher-led groups? Well, if a teacher choice, one of the biggest advantages is, to my, in my opinion, uh, you know the talents of the different kids in, their, in your class. So you can mix different talents. You can put the stronger ones with the weaker ones. You know, you know how to mix and match and try to get, uh, generate that energy uh, and, and generate that, that peer support. Uh, also, you, you, you want to, to have different kids working with different kids during the year. You want, you want variety, um, and that helps. So you can plan, the, uh, in, a, in a whole year, academic year, you can plan which kids work with. Um, you can get a plan where different kids will be able to work with a different person sometime during the year, and that's very good. Um, also, you can encourage this idea of accepting different ideas, um, uh, differing ideas, or even conflicting ideas. So conflict, Conflict just means a disagreement, and they have to work through it. And it's an important skill for kids to, to work together and, and come up with um, uh, solutions. So the, uh, sometimes it, it, you, you have to teach them it's not one versus two or black versus white, but to put things together. They may come up with better solutions by trying to combine their ideas or look for, look for a midpoint or just add, you know, add, adding ideas. Um, and it's, and it's good for, for kids to, to realize that there are diff many different ideas. So you can also, in terms of the idea generation, many ideas can come out. Uh, not fair. This is the bigger problem. So kids will think, well, the teacher chose it. It's not fair. Or you get the, uh, I don't want to work with this guy. Uh, again, there is, that's going to be tough. Uh, if, it, if it happens, we just try to manage it. Um, group dynamics may not work or the synergy may not work, or the engagement or the motivation may not be there because it's, you, you, you generated it and whatever, and, and that's what happens. Well, try your, I mean, I, I, this is where we try to use uh, you know, talking, working with the groups individually, trying to, to pull them out of class and see what you can do with them uh, in order to, to try to generate dynamic or inject energy or respect. So those are the three types. Now, uh, how many in one group? This is very difficult. You can go, I mean, you can have pair work from two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. What's important? Important is what is the goal of each of the group tasks? If it's an in-class group task that can be accomplished by two people, then just do pair work. If it's an in-class task that requires generating as many ideas as possible, maybe a group of seven, eight, or nine could be good also. Because what you're trying to do, you're, you're trying to get quantity, as many ideas as possible presented. Okay, so the, the big group helps there. Um, again, it, 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 there's no perfect size. The perfect size depends on your students, your class, your task, your outcome, your project. Uh, groups of five also work, okay? 
depending on, on how, what you want to do. I, if, if it's going to be graded, I try to keep it to three. Why? Because um, it's easier to justify the grade you're giving each one. And if you, can, you, if you give an individual task on top of the group task, when you have a smaller group, it's easier to track who's done something individually and who's done something as a group, especially when you give them a peer assessment. So individual versus group, this is one of the bigger problems. But more importantly is debrief. After every group task, debrief. Give feedback, explain why you did this, and, and, um, and uh, help them to, to understand it. Uh, lastly, Zoom, okay? I've just talked about groups. You can do the group work in Zoom, but more importantly, sometimes in Zoom you can have a whole class group work. What does that mean? The whole class is on. You can see them all at the same time and just use some of the ed, ed tech tools, you know, Google Slides, Padlet, uh, Nearpod, whatever collaborative online platform you can use where you can track what each group or each unit is doing at the same time while having all of them appear. So hopefully, hopefully you get engagement, you get motivation, um, you, you, you're, yeah, the students realize, well, I am, I'm not working in this little group by myself where some students disappear. So sometimes that, that whole group dynamic works when you can see everyone at the same time on Zoom. Of course, I, I admit, and this is important, you need time. Teachers need time to do this, okay? You hope you have time to prepare, time to look at things, time to give feedback, time to track all, all the group work as it goes along. Um, yeah, uh, I, 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 you have to make the time. And if you don't have it, well, you, you need to consider other things. That's why I said, if you can get away with not doing the group work, then you may have to do it that way. Remember, it all boils down to what's the design, what's the task, What's the purpose? What's the outcome? That's where it has, where, where, where the group work works, right? Uh, so size, out, size, and perp, size depends on purpose. Size depends on outcome. The way you do things depends on your goal, on your purpose. Well, that's it for today. Hopefully, everything works out, and uh, I'll see you next week. Enjoy your weekend. Mm -hmm.